Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. These discussions are about flying higher and endeavors that make a difference. Step into possibility with integrity and intention. It's time to be creative on purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm your host, Scott Perry, best-selling author of Endeavor and founder of Creative on Purpose. Learn more about me and my work at BeCreativeOnPurpose.com. Let's meet today's guest. Jeffrey Davis, welcome to the broadcast. Tell our hey. viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where we can connect with you to learn more. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, thanks for having me, Scott. Uh, briefly, uh, I guess first act, 1990s. Uh, I was primarily a, a writer, publishing fiction, poetry, essays, and in the academic world, I co-founded the Walden Institute, which was devoted to the study of human potential through the study of psychology, philosophy, Eastern and Western, and Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey. Uh, I would say 10 years later, Act Two involved me really taking deep dives into the art of living through studying Zen at a monastery and yoga in India with my teacher, then publishing a book with Penguin on the ways yoga philosophy informs an authentic creative process in life. Uh, but really, ultimately, 10 years ago, I brought a lot of those facets of my background to bear on my ongoing obsession with this experience called Wonder and my current role as founder of Tracking Wonder Consultancy. So there, we strategize with entrepreneurs, professionals, creative knowledge workers, as well as uh, some organizations to brand with integrity, uh, really lean into their authority and point of view uh, to lead with their ideals and not be afraid uh, to counter uh, this culture of cynicism. And, uh, and ultimately, for some organizations to foster truly open work cultures where it's not just a matter of bringing down cubicle walls, but cognitive walls as well. So uh, what am I working on? So currently, behind the scenes, I'm working on my next book that I don't even think my community knows about. Uh, we're uh, finishing a, a deal with Sounds True to be published in 2021. So maybe we should delay that talk for then. Uh, and we're leading an immersive uh, deep dive retreat called Stand in Your Authority uh, this autumn. Um, they can find out more, your listeners, your audience can find out more about what we're up to at trackingwonder.com and standinauthority.com. So Fantastic. I think that's kind of a sum up. Yeah, well, and, and your site is, is just beautifully designed and full of all sorts of great information. I, I took note of some of the podcast episodes and saw that um, you have... Um, I'm the fellow from unmistakably, um, I'm the unmistakable creative. Is that right? Un unmistakable creative. Sure. Srini Rao. Yeah. 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 So, and, and so I was listening to some of that today. So a, a really wonderful resource, really love the work that you're doing. And as I was investigating, saw lots of points of alignment. And so I want to dive into some of maybe our shared interests, but also talk um, a little bit more uh, about what makes your work really stand up. But I'm really curious first, just um, for you to unpack what, what is this concept of wonder and how does it, how does it apply to the work or how did it grow out of your, your background and kind of philosophy and, um, that sort of thing. And, and now into the branding and, and kind of more business and entrepreneurial world. Yeah. Yeah. It is at the heart of everything we do and the heart of every, every day I try to live with it, particularly when things are hard. It makes me want to track wonder even more. And it's really what I discovered uh, about 13 years ago is that wonder is this experience 
I've been pursuing for much of my life since a, being a toe-headed boy and probably every life cycle since then. Um, so wonder is different than curiosity uh, or joy or awe. Um, in many ways, some philosophers say it's like the first of all emotions. It's the very mm. first emotional experience we actually experience, and it gives rise to the more active curiosity and, and awe and, and, and joy. Um, it's at, I think, the core of, of the human spirit. Uh, and what in part makes us who we are uh, is um, what I describe as the experience that momentarily dissolves our biased ways of seeing ourselves and each other and the world around us so we can see again what is true and what is real, what is beautiful, and what is possible. So I can amplify so many ways that that experience is at the heart of what we do creatively. And why it's so necessary that the older and more experienced and ex expert level we get, the more important that experience of wonder is. Personally, I can unpack all the ways that wonder has been an extraordinary ally for me. And a lot of my research now um, across people like Richard Branson or Joey Ito, uh, uh, media, uh, director of the MIT Media Lab, or Ariana Huffington, mm -hmm. what's consistent about these people in all these different fields is that in one way or another, they have sustained an ongoing relationship with some facet of what we call wonder. I really, really love that. Obviously, curiosity is something that I've kind of baked into the Creative on Purpose brand, but I love what you said about how the, uh, the wonder is almost kind of a precursor of that. And as I was just thinking about it, maybe I was getting this from the messaging on your website, what stood out to me was how that by embracing this posture of wonder that we can contextualize ourselves and zoom outside zoom out of ourselves and out of our belief systems and biases and the stories that we're already telling ourselves and see things um from a, a from a more curious posture but with with less ego attachment to you know what what we're trying to extract or get from a situation but what we can instead might learn from from that situation so did the wonder piece come in part from your study of zen philosophy and buddhism so well first i just want to say thank you for reflecting back how you read it that was really beautiful the way you absorbed it because wonder is so seemingly ethereal or we associate it just with children, nothing to do with being a grown up. Mm. Even though Joey Ito says wonder is a survival trait of the 21st <laughs> century. Um, so really appreciate the way you took it in. It's, uh, I would just say yes, yes, yes to, to what you said. Zen only further reinforced something that wasn't yet articulate to me. Uh, when I uh, was studying Zen intensively. I still go to practice at the monastery up here in upstate New York. Um, it's informed much of the way I live and the way I focus, which is uh, kind of the foundation for doing creative work. But it, it didn't open that up. What really gave language to what I've been pursuing for so long in pursuing a meaningful life that has been important to me consciously since I was 19 uh, was actually in part my studies of yoga when I was asking my teacher about wonder, yoga, and so forth. And he led me to some texts that helped me really see this is what I've been after for a long time. 
Um, and then I just started to give more language to it. And the more I researched what other creatives and, and writers and others might say about their experience, the more I realized, yes, wonder is really what I've been pursuing. Yeah, well, let's con just continue down this rabbit hole for a minute, because you said something about, um, I think you, you used the word certainty. And that's, to me, this is maybe a, a mutual quest of ours is we live in this world um, that where the, the status quo, the status quo is always hard and it, doing its best to be immutable. It's very good at winning because that's what it does best it, it, keeping things the same, but it can only do that until something undeniably better comes up alongside of it and things change. Um, but, you know, we live still in a culture largely and, you know, the, the, the broad, broad view of the culture is that we are still rewarding certainty and confidence and adherence to the norm and this the following you know the all the, the the scriptures of the status quo and it sounds like this the wonder piece is in some ways the way that not only can the way i i was hearing it from what you're saying is yes the 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 new people and the innovators you know they can apply wonder to look at the situation to build something different and new but it seems like it's would be a really valuable tool for existing businesses concepts movements institutions corporations what have you because if they are able to um get over themselves and step back and look with a little more sense of wonder they might see even greater possibilities for you know expanding uh, hopefully the goodness you know that they seek to to bring into the world i'm just curious if that's if that's part of the approach or part of the um it, it is part of the approach and i'd love to you know us to talk about it both for those organizations as well as for let's say some of the individual knowledge workers in your audience the freelancers and so forth so so maybe just briefly if we think about the cultural context um where we can get really cynical uh, and, and really, uh, because things are, every field and industry is being disrupted, whether for organizations or for individual knowledge workers and creatives. And so in that increased flux and uncertainty, what do we naturally want to do? We want to cling to what's certain and knowable. We don't want to look stupid. We don't want to look ashamed, whether we're a CEO or an individual trying to branch off on his or her own. So just, you reminded me, Joseph Campbell actually had this wonderful understanding of let's say the hero's journey, that typically, you know, there will be this mainstream culture, right? That's rewarding, as you say, certainty, expertise, right? 20 years ago, if you were in a company, you would step into a room and you would be valued for having your PowerPoint of stats and statistics and being the expert. And what Campbell says is that the hero often does, whether it's a heroic organization or individual, counters the current. And then gradually, maybe starts to shift, right? Mm -hmm. The current differently, right? Well, that's a really hard path to go. But if you have chosen a creative life by <laughs> almost by definition in our in our culture, you have chosen the counter cult, uh, counter stream just a little bit. Um, so, what happens for the individual? The individual has chosen his or her own path or their own path, and they're very curious. They have multi-curiosities. 
they don't have an attention deficit disorder. They have what one of my clients calls attention abundance. It's <laughs> like I'm paying attention to everything, right? And so that's curiosity. And I have that. But wonder, right, that can precede curiosity reminds us perhaps why we're curious about what we are. So there's that purpose piece in your, in your brand. Why are we curious about this versus that? And who am I at my core Mm-hmm. That then will lead me to be curious in this particular path, right? And when I start having different choices of where to pay my finite attention to, then I come back to who am I at my core? Can I see myself anew for who I am and move forward? And who I am could be the individual or the organization. So for organizations, yes, you're absolutely right, particularly for organizations that are 20, 30, 50 or more years old. They have earned their reputation. And again, as I'm speaking about that, I'm also thinking about my individual clients who've earned their reputation after 20 plus years. And the way you've earned your reputation as an organization or as an individual, those things don't apply so Mm -hmm. much anymore as they did 20 or 30 years ago. And so, right. So wonder is in part this experience for us to sometimes very uncomfortably crack open again to what is true and, and what, is, what is possible. That's really uncomfortable. So that's why one of the faces of wonder is fertile confusion. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and how do you stay in that ambiguous, fertile space so that you don't run back to just doing things the way you always did them. Yeah, it's interesting. I was just listening to a podcast interview on um, Farnham Street with Shane Parrish, and I think her name is Anna Duke, the uh, world poker champion. And she was talking about innovation and how, you know, so often we, we choose to do things that we know will align with people's expectations, because even if we fail, we're not going to get too banged up because we did what everybody else would have done or believes should have been done. And um, the example she chose in that moment was when um, Steve Carroll coaching the Seattle Seahawks in the Super Bowl against Patriots chose to pass into the end zone instead of just running it in. And, and it was intercepted. They lost the game. And of course it was touted as the worst decision in history, um, football or otherwise. Um, <laughs> But at the same time, he was, you know, he he was taking a calculated risk and had had he succeeded, of course, he would have been lauded as a hero and a very forward thinking um, coach. And it's because you and I and, and many people are now encouraging this posture of wonder, curiosity, trying things that might not work. Um, you know, trying to find, seek the edges and to, you know, not just always be conforming to the system. There's so many, we have to come up with strategies for maintaining our, our, our sanity and our, you know, sense of well-being because it's no matter what, it always hurts to fail. And it, um, and, and we know when we fail publicly that that might bring in all sorts of destructive things. And one of the things that it brought to mind that I've written about, and I saw before we got on, I was talking about how you and I seem to have a mutual affection for archery metaphors in our branding. The archer metaphor, which I'm not sure if it's part of, I I believe that there's some of this in um, the Hindu tradition and um, the Zen tradition, this idea at the heart of the 
arch metaphor is that if you simply accept that the outcomes are really beyond your control and that it is the effort actually that's the reward, not the outcomes. Um, you know, that's one strategy for maintaining your uh, equanimity and tranquility, even as you're facing life's challenges. What are some of the other things that you think um, yeah, you, are good skills and strategies for this? Yeah, excellent. Certainly those repetitions of, of those mottos are really important. So, yeah, if you think of the Zen of archery, it's like you are going to give it your clear, pure purpose and intention. You're actually going to aim towards something. Mm -hmm. You're actually going to risk aiming towards something. So, so many people I find are even reluctant to admit that they're aiming towards something because then they may miss the target. Right. So then you give it everything you've got. And then you let go of outcome. And that's actually a team motto of ours at Tracking One. Just like, let's give it everything we've got. And only then do we deserve to like, let go of outcome. So that is really important. Another piece um, from uh, yogic philosophy is it's more important to do, uh, to follow your own calling and purpose imperfectly than to follow somebody else's perfectly. <laughs> well, the other thing that, but, but oh, let me, ahead. yeah, let me tell you. So you hit on something really important, being able to fertilize confusion and navigate uncertainty and track wonder in life and work and making requires a lot, a really clear set of foundations that I call flow foundations. And these are usually only things that I articulate with, with uh, certain clients and uh, one particular group. But they're really important daily flow foundation practices. We have finite capacity to focus, finite mm -hmm. capacity to expend physical and cognitive energy, finite hours in a day, given our whatever our individual circumstances. So all of those matters are important. So, you know, I'm just going to say I'm not a Puritan in any level, but diet's going to affect how well you're going to navigate uncertainty, your regular rhythms of sleep and waking up, what your morning rhythms and structures are, are really important. When you, how do you check in with what you're devoted to and what your purpose is every single morning? How, what kind of practice do you have to at least observe all of the natural craziness in your mind and how you provide just a little bit of clarity uh, uh, in that, in, in that, that mind uh, every day. So all of those things are really important. And I do have a set of practices and some of the things that we teach uh, to our clients. We have, we're developing a journal behind the scenes also that's specific to some of these practices. That is so important. So I don't want to uh, undermine that. Mm -hmm. uh, what you were alluding to, right? So it's not like, sure, just go out there and do it and, and test things out and just ship it and see what happens. There's a real important psychological, emotional, spiritual, you know, I, I hesitate to say spiritual, but just like uh, being in touch with what's meaningful and purposeful for you. That's, that's really, really important. Yeah. Well, I think it's a couple things. One is that, um, you know, in, in, there's there's a bunch of activities that happen up to the moment that the archer is releasing the arrow, right? There is the choosing his equipment and the training and the preparation, main, maintaining his physical, spiritual, and um, mental well-being. I mean, all of that, you know, you, 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 you tend to what is yours to tend mm. to, and you 
arrive at the moment at as prepared as you can be. And then, as you say, you draw the, the ball back and then you let go because you have no choice. The, the outcome is, is not yours. Um, what I love about all, all of what you're saying and about this metaphor that we're discussing is it's all about this idea of presence, which, you know, I, I, I'm somewhat familiar with um, Zen and Buddhist philosophy, but I'm much more aware of um, ancient Hellenistic philosophy, specifically Stoicism, but they're, right. they're very, very compatible philosophies that share a lot of basic, well, almost, you know, all the basic values. But the idea of presence is, is very important to both because it's only in the present moment that you have the ability to decide what story you're going to tell yourself and then to choose what you decide um, to do next. And kind of, I, I felt that kind of baked into the the concepts, the foundational principles that you were, you were talking about. We are quickly chewing through our time together and I do want to get to um, some things beyond wonder. Yeah. Um, so just maybe two, two quick ones. You mentioned Joseph Campbell, who is also a favorite, um, you know, virtual mentor and, and hero of mine. Um, any other specific teachers, um, especially anybody that, you know, and doesn't mean a teacher in an academic sense, but anybody that you really learned from in directly in your life that informed your journey. And um, how would you define success in, in your endeavors at Tracking Wonder? Yeah. Okay. Uh, sure. So sure. Joseph Campbell, early on, there were a number of uh, philosophers and poets from Henry Thoreau, to Rainier Rilke in my early life. Mm -hmm. Definitely those were certainly some influences. Other writers, just in terms of the way they experienced the world and the way that they were present to the world is in part what led me to um, really uh, nurture uh, my poetry as a craft and as a viable endeavor. So early on, that was important. Um, more currently, um, even people like uh, Sally Hogshead, Marty Neumeier in, in the world of branding helped me see um, this vital necessity that branding is not what I grew up with uh, branding in the early seventies as being this manipulative phony sort of thing, but it's actually an endeavor, um, to actually help you rise to, to do your best work with integrity mm -hmm. and elevate instead of manipulate other people. And that the whole act of branding could be a creative endeavor. And I literally brought my story architecture foundation and my deep understanding of the hero's journey to the way we approach brand story. In fact, we, we call our customers and clients heroes and the brands are the mentors. We have a whole way of approaching that. So that was really uh, influential moving forward uh, with how we approach branding. Really, really fascinating. What would be a really um, pivotal moment that might at the time have appeared to be a mistake or a, a significant challenge or maybe appeared to others to be a mistake. Um, and how did you rise above it or overcome it? And what was the lesson that you learned in, in terms of your d developing and building tracking wonder? Yeah, yeah, great, great question. And by the way, the way we would probably define success is uh, at Tracking Wonder is, is everybody on the team playing in their zone of genius, at least to some extent, we can't always play there, but to a certain extent, are we all taking care of ourselves along the way? 
And are our clients really feeling elevated Mm -hmm. through the work? That's really in part how we define our success. Um, So great question. Uh, What comes to mind is early on in taking the business seriously um, over 12 years ago, there are any number of mistakes I'm sure I could catalog. Believe me, like every month, there are mistakes and hardships and challenges. Like we just expect it. Uh, you know, we're going to have challenges. Um, one comes to mind, like uh, mishiring, like uh, it's really important. We say DIT beats do it yourself. <laughs> do it together beats do it yourself. That's one of our mottos that our whole community embraces. And I want your listeners to hear that. Like, find your allies, find your support systems. Don't be trying to take this path and journey, whether you're an organization or individual alone. So I mishired a couple of people because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was looking for. Gave away a lot of money, gave away a lot of trust. And the way I dealt with it is I, you know, uh, called a couple of colleagues and said, how do I handle this? I didn't even know how to fire people. And they helped me like take the emotion out of it, like take it's nothing personal on either end. And and that was really helpful. And that was the beginning of just recognizing uh, I had a I had a long path ahead of me in terms of cultivating relationships with people through the business, um, learning really how to hire and then nurture people through a team situation or whether it's through a freelance situation. So it was really, really important. And I think your listeners should just hear that, that really the heart of a creative business is quite often it's, it's relationships. And yeah. it really is not staying isolated in your, in your endeavor. Yeah, the, the idea of starting with why is getting a lot of traction these days. But uh, I think the, the, the better question and the better starting place is always with who. If you get the who right, the who's right, um, Things you, uh, the right who's can can always get get the rest of it right, whereas the wrong who's, even if they're on the right why, will eventually end up somewhere they don't really don't want to end up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know. Yeah, and and who are you, right? So I love Simon Sinek's work, but it's also yeah, your deep why, but also it's like why that why for right. you or why that why for your organization. Yeah. Values are so crucial. Well, we're at the end of our time together. I would love to, Jeffrey, end with this last question that I'd like to to end with all my guests. And that is, what's one tip or piece of advice that you'd like to leave listeners with that would help them fly higher in an endeavor where they seek to make a difference? Yeah. Always check in every single day with this question. What am I devoted to? What am I devoted to? I think that that is an exceptionally good question and a great place to leave. So everybody, thanks for tuning in. Jeffrey and I really appreciate you letting us some of your valuable time and attention. And we hope that today's broadcast motivates you to lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity, courage, and wonder. Learn more about Jeffrey Davis at trackingwonder.com. And of course, it's always great to see you at becreativeonpurpose.com. Now, go out and make a difference and keep flying higher. Jeffrey Davis, thank you so much for your inspiration and insights today. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, everyone, for listening.